Not only for me, but for everyone I ever come in contact with. If the gospel's really true, that if people reject Jesus, they enter a lost eternity, then that is the most serious thing in the world. You don't play around with that. You don't go a little bit with that. You either go all the way or you're not in. But how many of us, how many of us, there's people around us like, just don't, don't go too far. Let me be the dissenting opinion. Go too far. Many people have heard the account of the plagues in Egypt. You may think you know the story, but there are so many layers in the Bible and it's our tendency to stop too soon when we haven't hit on what God has to say to us. Today, Pastor Daniel will encourage us to go all the way. It can be a journey of uncertainty, but God is a deep well of knowledge and wisdom. Now, here's Pastor Daniel with his continued study entitled, The Plagues. die if I start to tickle him. He thinks wrestling matches on. And I got to be careful because he's getting older now. And he could do a pretty mean head scissors. They're rough, man. Little boys are fearless. He'll jump off at anything at you. So listen, for those of you who think you can mess with Obadiah, just be warned. I'm waiting to see Obadiah jumping off the fountain one of these days. You'll be like, oh, there's Pastor Daniel's kid. That's right. You know, boys will be boys, man. But listen, God makes distinctions. We have to be, God created the male and female. That's how he created them. Not because one is better, because God is not afraid of distinctions. And the Bible teaches that you're either a saint or you ain't. That's what the Bible teaches. You are either following God or you are not. There's no gray area. There's no I'm kind of following. Jesus said you're either for me or you're what? You're against me. You either gather unto me or you do what? You You either enter by the wide gate or the narrow gate. You're either on the easy way or the, the hard way. You're either rolling with the crowds or you're on the road that few are on. And you either end up where? At life or death. That's what the Bible teaches. The Bible makes very specific distinctions. And we can try and pretend that there's no distinction. But we don't ultimately make that call anyway. When we realize that God makes distinctions amongst people. You're either growing in Christ or you're backsliding. Like, when I read my Bible, I'm like, that's what it says. I'm either abiding in Christ or I'm not. He says, look, the judgment's going to be on Egypt, the Egyptians, not on my children. That you may know that I'm the Lord over this land. That I am sovereign over this land. Now notice, Pharaoh hears about this. And it happens. And then, look what happens in verse 25. Then Pharaoh called to Moses and Aaron and said, Go, sacrifice to the Lord your God in the land. And Moses said, it's not right to do so. For we would be sacrificing the abomination of the Egyptians to the Lord our God. If we sacrifice the abomination of the Egyptians... 
Will they not stone us? Notice what Pharaoh says to him. Pharaoh starts to make a concession. He's like, look, don't go anywhere. Just go on a little religious holiday. Stay in the land and, and do your little worship thing, but don't go anywhere. You have to realize that it, when you start following Jesus, there's going to be all sorts of people who are like that. Who are like, listen, yeah, you know, go to church, but like, don't get too serious about Jesus. You know, like, take it easy. You know, like, oh yeah, you know, you can still just, you know, just, yeah, go to church, fine, grow. But don't take it too seriously. Take a little religious holiday. I notice Moses says, no, no, no. They worshipped gods of cattle. They start, they start sacrificing animals to God. He's like, look, they're going to come stone us. That's an abomination to them. And so Pharaoh makes another concession to them. Look at verse 28. Look what it says. So Pharaoh said, I will let you go. You may sacrifice to the Lord your God in the wilderness. Only you shall not go very far away. See that? Brothers and sisters, this is what I want to tell you. If you're a Christian, go all the way. Go all the way. There's going to be all sorts of people, people who love you, people who care about you, who are going to say, listen, don't go all the way. Don't take it that seriously. Just like Pharaoh. Pharaoh's like, yeah, take a religious holiday. No, no, that won't work. Well, you can go, but don't go too far. Go too far, you guys. Please. For the glory of God, for the betterment of humanity, go all the way. Don't just do a little Jesus and stay real close to the world. Go all the way. What's holding you back? I came from a great family. I love my family very much. Very much. I was very much loved as a child. But I remember when I came out of college, rather than using my degree for proper means, I decided I was going to pursue music as a career. And it was funny because, and I love my dad, I have a great relationship with my father, and he just didn't like the fact that I was playing music as a career. He just thought it was just the way. And it was fun. I was having a great time. I was, he wasn't providing for me anymore, so I was paying the bills. And, you know, I was, I was man enough. I was 21 years old. It was all good, you know, living on my own. And it was like he didn't like when I was a musician. But then when I decided to leave music as a career and pursue being a pastor, it's amazing that he didn't like that even more than being a musician. Seriously, because I had moved away from the East Coast. And I remember my aunt came out to visit. Very odd. They, they thought I was in a cult, you know what I mean? Because their son and nephew all of a sudden, like, was into Jesus. And they wanted to make sure I wasn't in a cult. And I remember my dad would say things like, well, you know, like, so if I give you a Christmas present, do you give all your money to the church? It's like, like, it's like so if I give it, am I just giving it to the church? It's like, he's like, and he would say to me, he's like, why do you take it so seriously? I'm like, well, dad, have you ever read what Jesus said? Because if Jesus is not a liar or a lunatic, but he really is God incarnate, this is serious business. You know, like, if life and death is at stake, not only for me, but for everyone I ever come in contact with, if the gospel is really true, that if people reject Jesus, they enter a lost eternity, then that is the most serious thing in the world. You don't play around with that. You don't go a little bit with that. You either go all the way or you're not in. But how many of us, how many of us, there's people around us like, just don't, don't go too far. Let me be the dissenting opinion. Go too far. Because what I've learned is that no matter how far you go, you haven't gone far enough. Because Jesus, as he's working in our lives and as we submit our lives to him and we follow him, there's going to be all sorts of people who are like, don't, don't do that. But no matter how far we go, there's another step to take. You never arrive in the Christian life. 
You're always in the process of arriving. Right as you make, make it to one summit, you realize, wow, there's two more. And then you start climbing more, and you hit another summit, you're like, wow, there's even more. This vista's awesome. Let's keep going. And that's beautiful. We never get there. But we're always getting there. It's already and not yet. And it's already and not yet. And we take a step of faith with the Lord, and all of a sudden we're like, yeah, this is real Christianity. And you're like, wait, hold on. There's a whole other place to get to. And there's a whole other place to get to. I look back over my 15 years walk with Jesus. I remember like, when I read the Bible through one time, I'm really going to have this Christianity together. What a rude awakening. Because you read it once, you're like, what the heck happened in Leviticus? (laughs) And, And then you go back and you read it a second time and you're like, what is John's gospel really all about? And then, you know, like, I'll be honest, I've taught through the book of Exodus before I'm learning all these new things. I'm like, what did I teach last time? I want to go hide those teachings. And you know what's amazing? If I'm going to teach Exodus again when I'm like 9,000 years old at the rate we're going, <laughs> what was I telling people? Because it's a deep well walking with the Lord. And every time he peels back a layer in our heart, there's a whole other layer there. And right as we get down to a level with the Lord, you realize God is way deeper, smarter, more generous than I ever realized. And that's the beauty of walking with the Lord, because you never get there. I was talking to someone recently, I'm like, you should come on Wednesday night. Like, I already studied the book of Exodus. I'm like, oh, really? So I'm like, you got all, you got it all dialed in? It's like, well, I studied it already. I'm like, the word of God is living and powerful. We never get a handle on God's word. There's always more to learn. Deeper, deeper ways to go. Sometimes we think we're getting deeper. We're really just getting the simple meaning of it. We missed it the first time. So brothers and sisters, listen. Go too far. Go way too far. Be way out there with Jesus. And don't be ashamed about it. All sorts of people are going to try and keep you a little closer. But you know what? The magic happens when we launch out into the deep with the Lord. That's where the magic happens. That's where the action is at. The world says stay close. Don't go too far. Don't get too far out there. I'm here to tell you, be radical, crazy, insane for the glory of Jesus. Just go all the way. Don't stop. Don't collect $200 when you pass go. Just, just go. I know that as Christians, there's part of us that's scared of just going all the way. And I just want to tell you, I'm scared too sometimes. Because you say, what if God, if I go all the way, I hate bugs, and God's going to call me to Africa. Right? As if all God wants to do is just mess up your stuff, Right? But you know what happens? I've met people like, I don't, I don't ever want to go there. And by all of a sudden, they start following Jesus. And all of a sudden, they're like, I love bugs all of a sudden. I don't know what happened. <laughs> you know, like, you know, I just, I don't like being cross-cultural, but I just, I just feel this burning that I want to be there. Because that's the way God works. We delight ourselves in him. He gives us a vision for our lives. And we fall in love with whatever that vision is. So, man... Be reckless with Jesus, please. Go all the way, all the way. Be reckless with Jesus.
only thing I'll ever tell you to be reckless in is that. And if you're reckless with Jesus, then everything else is going to line right up. It's going to be exactly where you want it to be. And I love, he ends, don't go too far and intercede for me. See, Pharaoh knows he's in trouble. And listen, in, in this narrative, Pharaoh is the enemy. He's been oppressing the children of Israel. And notice what happens. He says, intercede for me. Verse 29, and Moses said, indeed, I'm going out from you and I will entreat the Lord. Jesus said to pray for your enemies. Do you know what happens when you pray for your enemies? They stop being your enemies because you start getting God's love for them, God's heart for them. You start caring about them. I love that. Moses goes right on out. He prays for him. He even says to Pharaoh, listen, don't be deceitful anymore. Quit changing the game. And sure enough, he goes on out. He intercedes to the Lord. The Lord did according to the word of Moses. Moses is functioning in a priestly way here. He's interceding. God is honoring his intercession. And the swarms leave. And what does Pharaoh do? He hardened his heart again. He didn't let the people go. He said he was going to let them go. He didn't do it. Let's learn from Pharaoh. We do this a lot. We say, Lord, if I do this, will you do that? And then we do this and the Lord does that. And then we go back to doing the other thing, right? It's so easy to do that. We play chess with God and then we pull our pieces back. That's what Pharaoh does. He's like, just get these swarms out of here. I'll let you go. The swarms are gone and Pharaoh doesn't let them go. It's called shady. It's shady what it is. But because of this, it continues. Look at chapter 9, verse 1. Then the Lord said to Moses, go to Pharaoh and tell him, thus says the Lord God of the Hebrews, let my people go that they may serve me. For if you refuse to let them go and still hold them, behold, the hand of the Lord will be on your cattle in the field, on the horses, on the donkeys, on the camels, on the oxen and on the sheep, a very severe pestilence. And the Lord will make a difference between the livestock of Israel and the livestock of Egypt. So nothing shall die of all that belongs to the children of Israel. Then the Lord appointed a set time saying, tomorrow the Lord will do this thing in the land. Verse 6. So the Lord did this thing on the next day and all the livestock of Egypt died. But of the livestock of the children of Israel, not one died. Then Pharaoh sent and indeed not even one of the livestock of the Israelites was dead. But the heart of Pharaoh became hard and he did not let the people go. So the fifth plague, the death of the livestock. You see what's going on here? I mean, it's the same thing. Notice, God's request of Pharaoh is exactly the same. Let my people go that they may serve me. You know, and it's interesting, as you keep reading it over and over again, do you realize that God's requests of you are the same too? The things God has asked you to do, he's still asking you to do. The things that you're rebellious about, he's still asking you to do it. He's still asking. Now, it's interesting that the animals are now suffering because of the rebelliousness of Pharaoh. You might say, well, why would God do that? Well, because as the crowning jewel of creation given dominion by God, humanity, Pharaoh is now impacting creation. That's part of the lot of humanity. As stewards of God's good creation, when we are in rebellion against God, the creation suffers, the cosmos suffers. And you can read Romans chapter 8, gets into this very, very clearly. But notice again, there is a distinction between the cattle of Egypt and the cattle of the children of Israel. All the cattle in Egypt died, 
The children of Israel did not. Pharaoh didn't even believe it. Notice it says in verse 7 that he sent even one of the livestock. Not one of the livestock of the Israelites had died. Pharaoh didn't even believe it. But again, Pharaoh's not budging. His heart was hard. He was not going to do it. So then you move into the sixth plague, chapter 9, verse 8. Look at this. So the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, take for yourselves a handful of ashes from a furnace and let Moses scatter it toward the heavens in the sight of Pharaoh, verse 9. And it will become fine dust in all the land of Egypt because boils will break out in sores on men and beasts throughout all the land of Egypt. Then they took ashes from the furnace and stood before Pharaoh and Moses scattered them toward the heaven and they caused boils to break out in sores on man and beast. And the magicians could not stand before Moses because of the boils, for the boils were on the magicians and on all the Egyptians. But the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh and he did not heed them just as the Lord had spoken to Moses. Now this is the sixth, so this one has no warning, but it's boils now. Now, the Egyptian god, goddess uh, Skemet, was the goddess of power over diseases. Sunu was the pestilence god. So that also dealt with uh, the, the number five plague. And then also Isis was the goddess of healing. So notice, this second cycle, the sixth plague, is sores and boils on humans and on the non-domesticated animals. Notice this is the word beasts. So the last, the death of the livestock was domesticated livestock. Now you have everything else. Boils, sores. And when I read this, it's just absolutely uncomfortable. You notice that these plagues are getting more severe now. More severe. It's interesting. In verse 10, Moses and Aaron stand before Pharaoh. And then in verse 11, the magicians can't stand before Moses. You see that distinction? Moses and Aaron, no boils, no problem, standing before Pharaoh. But the magicians couldn't even stand before Moses because of the sores. Painful, hurtful. It was not good. The, you notice, the plagues are getting worse. Pharaoh's rebellion is getting worse. And then finally in verse 12, the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh and he did not heed them just as the Lord had spoken to Moses. Now, the Lord is hardening Pharaoh's heart. Pharaoh's kept saying, no, no, no. Now the Lord's like, okay, no. That's an important reminder to us. Now, it's interesting, in the book of Revelation, the first bold judgment, Revelation 16, 1 and 2, you're going to get another plague of boils, foul and loathsome sores will come upon everyone with the mark of the beast. So this is what I want to do. The seventh plague, we're starting the last cycle, hell. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to break here because we've covered a lot of ground. We'll pick up at this last cycle. We'll look at the seventh and eighth plague. And we'll also look at the announcement of the ninth plague. We're going to take from verse 13 of Exodus chapter 9. And we'll go all the way uh, through chapter 11. You notice there's a lot more um, dialogue and commentary. But... I want to close with, with a thought for all of us, something, something to really pray about. As you see these plagues progressing, and you see God keeps asking Pharaoh for obedience, Pharaoh keeps saying no, and things are getting worse. Just with the areas of hardness in your heart, 
I want you to really say, Lord, is there something that I am disobedient about? Something that because of your disobedience, you see things starting to escalate. I'm a really big fan. I believe in theology with legs on it. I believe in taking God's word and saying, God, by your grace, empowered by your spirit, I want to live this stuff out. Because the world is full of talking the talk and not walking the walk. So as I read this, I say, say, God, is there an area of disobedience in my life that you have spoken to me about over and over again that I'm still continuing in and the stakes are getting higher, things are getting worse? And I want you not only to write that down, but I really want to encourage you to think about sharing it with somebody who loves you. The Bible calls this confession. Just like when you text it to yourself and write it down, once you tell it to someone, now you got people mobilized to pray for you. You got people who will ask you how you're doing. I think of A.W. Tozer who always said, it's always easy to be holy when you know that someone is looking over your shoulder. And you know what? It's true. Something happens when you drag an area of rebellion into the light and you just shine the light on it. The reason we don't is because we feel shame. We're scared that we will not be loved by people if we own our struggles. But I'm here to tell you, and I want to encourage you, if somebody who you love comes and talks to you about something that they're struggling with, don't judge them. Why? Because God hasn't judged them. Jesus died for them for this reason. And it says that Jesus didn't come to condemn the world, but to save the world because the world is condemned already. So they're, they're humbling themselves by sharing it. And your job is not to, you know, oh, that's horrible. Your job is to say, you know, God's working in my life too. Let me pray for you right now. And every once in a while, you say, hey, how you doing with that? Because brothers and sisters, being a part of church, a congregation, this is a hospital. And we all got stuff we're working on. And what's really interesting about the way God rolls in his hospital called the church is that at some point, he lets the patients be the doctors too. He's the great physician. We just get to be nurses along the way. But not one of us, not one of us has got it all dialed in. And because of that, we should be okay hearing from our brothers and sisters that they're weak, that they're scared, that they mess up. You know what? Because we all know it all too well. And if you sit there, you're like, well, I'm not messing up. Well, you got pride problems. You don't even see it yet. That's the beauty of it. If you can look down your nose at someone, it's because you're not even aware of your pride. Because you know what's amazing? The gospel teaches that not one of us gets in by works. We all get into heaven the same way, by sheer grace, because of the finished work of Jesus, as we put our faith and trust in him. Not one of us gets in another way. Nobody works their way in. We all get a gift to get in. And so we can be part of the support network for our brothers and sisters. I believe that's why God designed church, so that we can encourage one another along that road. So I really want to encourage you, write it down, share it with someone to pray for me. Let's see what God wants to do. I believe God wants to transform our lives. Jesus is Today, Pastor Daniel challenged us to ask God to examine our hearts and bring to light any areas we've closed off to Him. This was Pharaoh's problem. As his rebellion continued, he retreated away from God's reach and would no longer be moved. We're so happy that you're a part of the Jesus is Real radio family. 
Jesus is Real Radio is a listener-supported program. We want to let the whole world know that Jesus is real. Your donations help make this possible. You can become a monthly supporter or give a one-time gift by text message. It's easy. Simply text your gift to 855-910-8300. That's 855-910-8300. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram have become a regular part of our everyday lives. And we want to be sure to encourage you to check out Pastor Daniel's Facebook page, Twitter feed, and Instagram. Log on to JesusIsRealRadio.com and follow the links. Pastor Daniel shares two-minute video messages throughout the week on his Facebook page. Log on to JesusIsRealRadio.com and follow Pastor Daniel. Make sure to tune in again as Pastor Daniel will share part three of this study on the plagues. Those who feared the Lord, who believed in Him in obedience, were unaffected by the plague. The people who ignored God suffered. There's more to come from Pastor Daniel's series entitled The Passover. Please glance at the clock right now and make plans to join us again for another edition of Jesus is Real Radio.